Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the new media show. We're back. <laughs> we are back, and welcome to the show, Rob. Welcome. Well, thanks, Todd. It's good to be back. I don't, you know, we've been on the road and doing a lot of stuff in the real world, not so much uh, doing it quite as much podcasting. Yeah. But I know you've been busy podcasting with your regular show, and I have too. But uh, this is the first time we've had a chance to get together. What has it been? Three weeks now. Oh, it, it, I think I think it's a month. But has it, it been a full month? Yeah, it's been a while. So, uh, um, but anyway, yeah, I'm I'm glad we're back in the saddle here. And uh, actually, I got some notes from people saying we they missed us. So th- that's <laughs> you know when people are sending a note saying we miss you guys, that that's encouraging. So the missing is over, everyone. We're we're here. So, <laughs> yeah. and I've even got the right lower thirds on the video. So uh, perfect. Yeah, you do. You do. And I'm in the upper square instead of the bottom square usually. Yeah. <laughs> and I got, let's see which button to push. There we go. I got you in the right, right location. So Rob, uh, last Sunday I uh, was uh, mowing and uh, came back from the gym, grabbed my kids. Let's get the yard mowed before your mom gets home. You mow, I'll trim. And I climbed on my back wall about 25 feet from here to uh, cl- uh, trim the palm tree because palm trees get these little weird spurs on them with little seeds and stuff. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, I was crawling across the wall, and I put my foot down, and there was no wall there. <laughs> oh, no. And I timbered off the wall from about 10 feet. It bounced off my neighbor's lower wall and then ended up in his yard face face down still with the trimmers in my hand. And uh, so I've been gimping around here all week. Uh, I, I'm about 50% back, but... I didn't break any ribs. Uh, I, you know, I, I, you know, when you do one of those things, you kind of like feel yourself yeah, was, to see if there's any bones sticking out or anything. Yeah, am I all together <laughs> still? Yes. You know, and I stood up and I looked at my my hand was jacked up, but it was only like superfluous scratches. There was no, you know, nothing where I needed to go get stitches. But oh, it's been a rough week. Motrin has been like... my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful! Don't don't get addicted to painkillers. <laughs> well, yeah, Motrin. Yeah, that's that's the last thing you're ever going to get addicted to. Yeah, that's yeah, really true. That sucks. All right. Well, anyway, welcome back. We are we are here. I you know I think you mentioned it before we got started. Where do we start? Um, <laughs> I know exactly. When I don't know. the I guess start at the beginning. Yeah, I I think when you and I last did this show. It was even the week before NAB because remember I was traveling for NAB, and, yeah, and it was all about. Uh, I mean, a lot of what we talked about was the the Pod Summit. Which, yeah, <laughs> which I've been to and been back for a week from. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But anyway, so we uh, NAB was uh, was good. I, I you know I you know I I think we can probably talk pretty much to the event on Wednesday. But, you know, I, I crawled the floor and, and, you know, really my, and I told my audience this over at Geek New Central was that it was all about NDI and uh, this video over IP that new tech, this protocol, and everyone's adopting it. And Wirecast users and, uh, uh, um, oh my goodness, a live stream and they're, all those systems are going to be able to talk to one another. So um, it was pretty cool. It's a big, it's a big breakthrough, I think. So, I've just been waiting for adoption for the past year, you know, because we've been using yep. it. And of course, uh, Callie Lewis was uh, Luria, excuse me, her and 
she was basically live streaming at the live stream booth like 10 hours a day. I did an interview with her and you know, one thing you don't do, this is, I'm, I'm just going to tell the audience, this is a lesson learned and, and you should never do eight, nine, 10 hours live by yourself and getting a new guest every 15 minutes. Uh, I, I went on, I think I went on Wednesday or two, no, was it Tuesday or what? I don't remember now, but she was all, she was already punchy, you know? And so, you know, we, we made a rule at tech podcast when we were doing CES and those events, like two, three hours max. Mm-hmm. And you, you'd get off the, you know, you get out of the hot seat. You'd feel like you'd been run through a ringer. So oh, yeah. I, I, I asked her before we went on the air, I said, have you been going back to the hotel and face planning? And she says, I get a little substance and I face plant. And, uh, <laughs> but what it does is it, it doesn't make you as a sharp of a interviewer. No, of course not. Yeah. That many. There's guests. no way that, I mean, also Todd, you, you, there's no way you can be properly prepared for that many guests too. I mm-hmm. mean, you can't, I mean, you're just asking really superficial questions because you, there's just no way you can dive into it at that level. Right. Um, yeah, I've been involved in that <clears throat> too. I mean, that type of thing, um, you know, I don't know if I mean, many people realize it, but, but but my wife, Dana, actually, she got picked to be the first CBS podcaster, and we flew down to down to Los Angeles. This is back in 2005, and did um, all-day <clears throat> conversations with <clears throat> TV stars for the up-and-coming fall television season. And we did, uh, I think we did 37 interviews in one day. <sighs> um, and that was, you know, and that's like a new celebrity coming in our, our, our recording booth every, like every 15 minutes. And you know, um, you, you, and you, you don't even remember who you talked to, you know, you're, well, you know, I mean, a lot of these people are very, you know, very famous. So, I mean, of course you remember me. I mean, like we talked to, you know, Mr. Henry Winkler. I mean, guys like that, right? Mm-hmm. How do you, pre- how do you prep? How do you prep for 37 interviews and just, you know, how much homework did you guys do on that before you went in there? Well, CBS gave us a, 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 a notebook basically that had a, a, a picture and a bio and, and below the bio was, you know, an outline of the TV show that they were starring in mm. for the fall season. So, um, you know, it was like this, uh, they bring in a lot of the big radio talk show guys from around the country and they, they do a bunch of interviews about the fall season. Right. And those are, you know, then recorded and taken back to the stations around the, you know, around the country at that time. Yep. Um, and, and so you just, you know, you just flip the page, you know, there's another one coming in, yep. there's, you know, this celebrity and that celebrity and you just roll through it and, uh, and, you know, you just do the best, that, best that you can and you try and be really personable because what we were trying to do back then was really kind of stand out, yeah. um, with podcasting. Cause this was the first time that CBS television network had ever done a podcast. Um, so it was something that we tried to make kind of very personable to the, to the star and, you know, quite different than what they were doing on the, more of the broadcast guys, you know, mm-hmm. were, were very superficial, you know, that, that morning jock talk kind of, kind of, you know, 
zoo kind of concept is what they were doing. So they, they were telling jokes and right. joking around with them where we were like getting in and trying to learn about them and getting personal with them and things like that. So, um, yeah, it was interesting, you know, and a lot of that stuff is still available online, but it's not a part of CBS. CBS took it down a long time ago, right? but, but it's still up there, but. But yeah, it's grueling doing that kind of stuff. So out of the NAB show on Wednesday, we had our first session and uh, we had a full hour. It was beautiful. A full hour to really kind of talk about the state of podcasting. So we Mm -hmm. had uh, on the panel was yourself, uh, Rob Walls, Rob McCracken from Scripps and uh, Watashi Wa, which would be me. So um, we... uh, the format for those of you that don't know we uh were basically uh we all had some slides we talked to our slides uh, in large part we didn't see each other's slides beforehand uh, mm-hmm. I, I may have seen the rob mccracken's from scripts but i don't think i saw yours or rob walsh's and um we just talked to her and then we just kind of chit-chatted about space yeah how many people were there hundred yeah, I was about a hundred, probably maybe a little over a hundred, but, and then, then, you know, about half of the session, we, we took questions from the audience. Yeah. So, and that was, that was what the goal was. We were trying to um, find out what the audience was interested in learning about podcasting. And they, they had some r- really great questions that they asked. Um, but there is some interesting things that come out of go- going to a conference like that. Um, that's very focused on radio broadcasters because um, they have a very different take on what podcasting should be and and what how they're going to incorporate it into what they're doing and it's and it's a little bit of a it's it's not as easy of a fit as you would um, magically think it would be right um, do you have any thoughts on that Todd well I, I think the thing I was surprised was the number of folks that are you know there was nary a naysayer in the group I think everyone was pretty pro podcasting, which, uh, you know, one event I went to and spoke at, uh, 50% of the folks went out and got a drink during the podcast session. So, um, that's true. These, these folks were, you know, essentially, uh, asking good questions and engaged and some were, I think I had some, I asked a question, how many of them were already doing some sort of podcast at their station? And I, I, would we get a 20 hands or yeah, exactly. It wasn't a big, big number. No, yet. but I was surprised it was 20, you know. Um, so, and then a lot of positive and a lot of questions and not too many questions, though, on, you know, how are we going to pay for this? I, You know, my point was, and really kind of my, I said, you need to get ahead of this thing. You know, uh, let's let's be frank. Well, look what your kids are doing in the car. And uh, that's the future of radio. And they, uh, you know, and if, if, if they don't have kids and they, their kids are out of school or if they're, ki- if they get two little kids, um, you know, it's, it, they'll learn out very quickly here that uh, radio's in trouble, not from the guys like you and I, but from the 25 or 30 year old and unders that are not tuning in. Um, yeah. so, you know, I, my, my goal was trying to make them think a little proactive on, you know, where, where digital is heading and I don't, I don't know, you know, they, it's a, it's a multi-billion dollar industry. It's not going away anytime soon. And radio's local and radio will always have local advertising. And that, mm-hmm. that's, that's their, 
they're key in, in, in staying in business. But, you know, look at Clear Channel. What do they got? A billion-dollar note coming up? Not Clear Channel. Yeah. iHeartRadio. Billion yeah. dollars. And they've, they've said publicly that they have a concern that they, it's basically that stock statement saying that they don't know if they'll be able to continue. Same as the folks at, uh, and there's another, you know, internet company that's got some issues too that's doing that that we all know called SoundCloud. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a difficult transition for radio to move this direction. Um, you know, because like you said, a lot of them are, are very focused on local and, you know, I've been a proponent of the opportunity of, of local for podcasting too. So, I mean, I, but it's still early days for that. Um, but as we get more people listening, um, to on, on demand content, the opportunity increases. Um, you know, there's more people listening in any given market. Um, so it's, it's an opportunity that's there. It's just radio has to seize it. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's and if they don't seize it, then somebody else is going to come in and take it from them. Uh, it's just a matter of time. But what I, I think. But what cracks me up though is we we put out all this great content, and there was a couple of articles that were written about it. And what is the one thing that stands out? Duration. Give me <laughs> shoot me in the head, please. Well, Rob was very. Uh, uh, Rob Walsh was very focused on that topic. Um, you know, he's, he's very, very much, um, has an opinion about that. And I think we all do, but, but it's just a matter. I mean, he, he came out there and just shot some research that came out. Right? Uh, he while, double, double barreled shotgunned it. Yeah, exactly. While we were down there, the bridge, bridge ratings, Mr. Dave Van Dyke, I uh, had uh, a you know some research that came out that said that basically he was making making the statement that the ideal length of a podcast was 22 minutes and that the path to success was to do a 22 minute long podcast. So um, so Rob, I don't have any studies. I don't have any stats data. I don't have any top 100 shows that I'm looking at. And frankly, and to be, and excuse my French, I, I could give two shits. It's like, do what you want to do. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a non-issue for me. It's like, just have fun, do your show. This is the beauty of the medium. Today, if we go two yeah. hours, who cares? It, yeah. It's whatever we want to do. I agree. Good. Have fun. Create content. Well, I think at the end of the day, the... The consensus, I think, across the board, across the industry on, on this topic is that there is no ideal length. Um, it should be based on what the content is, and I think that's the consensus now. Um, sure, there may be um, sessions that are associated with uh, that number of 22 minutes. People might only listen to 22 minutes at a time, but this is an on-demand medium. There was it's no not, data on there about it, how frequently a person comes back and finishes it, it, an episode. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it's it's not a, a an issue of scarcity, which radio is very much um, all about, right? Once it airs, it disappears. Yeah. So, um, you know, if that listener wasn't listening, there's no way they're going to listen to any more of it because mm -hmm. it doesn't exist anymore. So 
you know, it's hard to compare these two things fairly, you know, unless you're, um, there's so many other elements that come into play, um, that it's just, you know, you can't simplify it like that and make statements like that and have it because people will follow that. People will start saying, you know, I, I have to create a 22 minute episode Yep. and that's my path to success. Yep. And it, and it won't be. No. <laughs> and, and so again, this, I don't even want to, I don't even waste any more minutes on this. So we're going to move Fair on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think then? Um, you know, we, we did a second session, which was on the show floor and, yep. um, uh, that one was a little more loose, but we we're talking about, uh, uh, advertising, monetization, influencers, influencers in the space. And it's interesting because I got an email from a Forbes reporter uh, yesterday that was asking me about the influence value of celebrities when it comes to pod, uh, podcasting and how, how much money they can earn. And, uh, you know, I only have a, we, we don't work specifically with, uh, with celebrities, you know, that's Norm and his team over at Podcast One. They work with a lot of celebrities. Maybe you do. I don't know. But and we, we've got a few people that use our service. But I, I don't. Yeah, pay, there's a few. I don't pay attention to, you know, what they're doing in particular. But my, my feedback to the Forbes reporter was that if anyone can build a big audience and make a big amount of money, it's a celebrity. Why, you know, they've got this advantage of being on TV or in a movie or, um, it doesn't mean that they can create any content any better than the next person, but you know, for a 22 year old media buyer who uh, is trying to do some ad deals and they can get Shaq or they can get, uh, people like that to run their ads, they'll pay a huge premium to, to get that advertising in that show, not necessarily based on what it's going to perform, but just from a PR standpoint that they can take that ad that shack run and say look at this look who's endorsing our product you know and yeah. i mean and a lot of that stuff is um <clears throat> a lot of the leverage that the celebrities have with ad buyers uh really gets back to that todd I yeah mean, i mean if you have a network that has <clears throat> a couple of really big celebrities on there and that the the advertisers are clamoring to get on that show um you know example adam carolla um you can bundle, you can say, if you want to get on Adam Carolla's show, you got to buy these other five right, shows. Right, right, right. Um, and that's, that's, you know, at that same network, that's what they do. But, um, but I'll say this too. I had a, I had a deal I did with a, um, celebrity show and, you know, this is, you know, this is just one case in point and the deal, the way the deal was structured, I told the media, the company that was going to spend the money and they were going to spend over $20,000 for a two week run. And I said, you're insane. I said, this is, this is not going to perform. We don't care. You're wasting your money. This is not going to perform. We don't care. And that's what it really was. It was, they didn't care if they sold a single product, they wanted to take the, it was a $20,000 to get the voice of the person that was running the spot to say the spot to put on their website. They, uh, they did not care about the performance of the ad deal whatsoever. And guess what? We looked at the performance of the deal and it was, it was horrible. 
you know, wow. they, they, but they were happy. They were happy as a clam because they were able they to say, that person. They got yeah. that person. They didn't want anything yeah. else. So I, I was like, well, you know, and my, this was before, if I'd have been smart at the time, I'd have just done an influencer deal and asked for more money. I, 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 were, I wasn't thinking of it from yeah. a CPM standpoint. I was thinking of it from a, you know, that, you know, we got to perform, we got to deliver product. They, they, they didn't care. And these influencer campaigns that companies, they're spending insane amount of money for people that are social media influencers. But anyway, back to NAB, we were talking about some of that. Yeah. And, oh, I wanted to mention too, the, the panel session that we did on the exhibition show floor, that's currently available online, all the audio from that. Oh. Um, but the, panel session at the NAB kind of radio track that whole thing was wasn't recorded we didn't know we did it later can we get a recording yeah. what do you mean <laughs> you didn't record this what? yeah exactly. what? what we could have recorded I could have thrown, oh. uh, th- I could have thrown my phone on the floor and oh I, and it, done the whole thing lesson yeah. learned lesson yeah. learned it was geez yeah. so, but both the, even that little show floor we had and it wasn't a big area. We were just like in a, the equivalent of like a 10 by 20 booth or something like that. We were right off the show floor and they had some seats. And so that was, was well attended bit, too. I think it was a little bit bigger than a 10 by 20. I think it was probably like a 30 by, it was by deeper. 30 or something like yeah. that. Yeah. But, but yeah, I think we had like maybe what? 35, yeah, 40 maybe, people. Sitting yeah. 35, there. 40 yeah. probably. Yeah. And uh, yeah. good questions. But, the seats were uncomfortable. I hated those. I hate sitting in those director type chairs. You can never get like adjusted right. But, but it's true. But otherwise, one thing I, I I can say about the NAB show was less audio, more video this year. Oh yeah, big big video. The three hundred sixty degree cameras and the and the drones flying mm-hmm. around with cameras on them. Mm-hmm. I, that was really big at the at yeah, the event really this big. year. But one good thing is, is on uh, Monday, and I know that you were emailed as well, on Monday I actually having a call with the NAB and they want to uh, talk about a pavilion for next year and get some input on the who, what, where, and why. So um, that's exciting to me that they would have a podcast-specific pavilion for us mm-hmm. Um but the question is, where do we want them to tell them? Where do we want to tell them to put it? Right with all the audio gear yeah. areas, I would think. I would you think know, so too. You know the the Shure microphones and the the Sennheiser area, which is in the I believe it was in the North Hall. And I hope that right. they're going to give us a big enough area where we can do like some, you know, just like we did for your. You know, for that that second session on the floor where we could have a little, you know, breakout area where we could do some mini sessions, you know, some mini, um, I wouldn't want to do a full program. That would be stupid. But, you know, maybe where we could do four or five, um, you know, like one hour deals during the week that are specifically designed to talk about podcasting and to be able to bring people in from the show floor. So... I uh, don't want to have to, you know, I don't want to have a full conference, but it'd be nice to do a few educational sessions right there. Yeah, and I think we'll we'll be able to, I think next year, be able to get on, get probably all of us on the 
the NAB live stream that they do. It's a live kind of kind of video stream. I tried to do it this year, but we didn't. Um, they didn't know about us early enough, um, but but they know about us now. So they're going to probably pull together something. So those that will be, you know, not able to attend will be able to see it um, live on their their homepage. Uh, I think all all three of us. I I'm pretty sure I can get us on for next year. You know, and um, here's the crazy part: you start you start after working these appearances twelve months out. Oh yeah, you yeah. know. Uh, yeah, th- this is the this is. I mean, l- last year was really all about kind of just plowing the the ground down there, and you know, Josh and you know from the NAB and and trying to work with these various opportunities down there to get get exposure for podcasting at that event. Right, and I think we're we're starting to really um, have an impact down there, and it's only going to get more. I think uh, next year. Um, but I'm not sure what a pavilion looks like. I, it's probably kind of like what we did with the the advertising pavilion. It's just going to be a series of all day long sessions, and I'm not sure who's going to actually organize that. Well, yeah. and the pavilion also will have mini kiosks. You won't have a ten by ten. You'll have like they'll have one of those by forty or yeah, something. Well, one of these little quad things. You know, basically they butt up against okay. each other, so yeah, you yeah. get you get a chair and a table. <laughs> Gotcha. And believe me, that's actually be, cool. Cool because that's all right. yeah, yeah, because it costs less. <laughs> it's easier to set up and break down too. <laughs> yeah, it's not you know you're not in for ten grand to begin with. You're in for like maybe three and a half or four. You know, had to bring yeah, no. You don't and and usually you don't have to bring any carpet. You don't have to bring. Uh, they put a signage up. Uh, you know, it's yeah, it's it's good. <laughs> yeah, doing that show is a pain in the ass. You know, I, I have to say, yeah, as far as being being an exhibitor at that show, oh yeah, it's not an easy thing it's, to do. It's forty or fifty hours of in the yeah. booth. I'm sure. Back yeah. breaking, you know, and the exhibition floor is so huge that yeah, just getting your stuff in there and getting it set up is just a nightmare. So that's why we want a kiosk, and so you backpack everything in. <laughs> that's right. So. So anyway, that, you know, NAB was NAB and was a great event. And if you're a podcaster and you've never been NAB, uh, you know, apply for press credentials and go and do a few articles and, uh, you know, earn your press badge and uh, go and, and see the show. You know, there was some stuff there that, you know, I've, I'm still, I'm looking at my list because I was keeping track. And let me actually look and see what the total end up being. At the notes here. Oh, cost-wise? Well, yeah, on how much you're going to spend after the show. You know, it wasn't too bad. This year, I think if I buy everything that's on my wish list, I'm probably just under $3,000. But one of the items is a $2,000 software package. But, you know, so, you know, I always judge a show on how much Todd's, money I'm going to spend Todd's, afterwards. Todd's Christmas list, right? Yeah. Is that what this is? Yeah, it's my wish list. <laughs> going to give it to Santa Claus? Yeah. And <laughs> uh, no, I'm going to There's You're going to buy it yourself. There's right? this thing there's You're this wait for no Santa Claus. Th- there's this, this there's this amazing thing and it it's it's um Santa Claus is, is a Visa card. Yeah, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the UPS truck, right? Right, right. <laughs> The UPS driver did say to me, or the FedEx driver, I haven't seen as much stuff coming to you from Amazon. And I'm like, shh, 
It's on its way. Be quiet. Be quiet. I don't, you know, and don't, uh, don't tempt everyone in the house. So, yeah. yeah. So then, uh, I, I, I stayed, I had meetings, um, for people that actually came in late in the week, which was unusual. So you I were had, really busy at this. Uh, yeah, this I was, I was, I, I meetings. Was, yeah. I was and what it was, was the, the company came in Wednesday, Thursday, um, had a meeting on Friday, probably a meeting with me, used that to write the day off and then spent the weekend partying. So, um, you know, they, anyway, it was, it was worth me staying the extra day, but, and then like a dummy, I should have come home on Saturday, but I, I, uh, I said, well, I'll have a day to party. And then, uh, I came home on Sunday. So I, yeah, I should have come home a day earlier. I was, I was Vegas out. <laughs> I can only take about four days of Vegas. Yeah. When I go, it seems like I always stay seven to nine days or something like that. So, um, not so good. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the craps tables were not, I was winning at the blackjack table and I would take what I wanted at the blackjack table to go to the craps table and lose it. Now, if I did bet the seven, the entire week, I'd have come home really up, but man, it's, I wasn't down too far. I stopped. I just quit gambling because it was, the tables were horrible and I don't have time to play blackjack for five hours. So Todd, doesn't the house always win down there? Or you, you do know, they like you, throw some tokens out? You no, know, you usually, you, you know, they don't keep the lights on because people leave with all their money. No, but <laughs> I you know, know that exactly. But I, you know, I've I've had a pretty good run over the years. I, I mean, I've always squeaked out a little bit ahead. I've had a few big times. I went home with a little extra cash, but this time yeah. it was I was down, you know, a little more than I wanted to be, and so I just stopped. You know, it's. But you know, you go with a budget and if you use it and I had fun, <laughs> but, yeah. but it's, you know, it's, it's in their, it's in their checking account, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, they need uh, it bad. It's, that's right. It's getting expensive to, to spend time in Vegas. Yeah. Food is not cheap, but I, I yeah. stay in Fremont street. So I mitigate that a little bit with, uh, with not, it's not as expensive to stay on the strip. So, oh. Okay, so um, bada bing, bada boom. Here, let's. You Move went on. to you went to Calvary. I did. Yeah, tell us about your Pod Summit event. It was a it was a small. It was kind of like the size of a a single day kind of um, pod camp mm-hmm. um, type of type of an event. Uh, it was very much more structured than a typical pod camp um, from the standpoint of you know the speakers were. Or had presentations and and it was a kind of like an all day, all day event. Um, I led the event off with a, about a ten minute talk at the beginning and and then there was this cascade of uh, people and most of the speakers were from Canada, um, so it was very much a focused event on trying to help kind of. Canadian podcasters from a public radio perspective to, you know, production, um, how to edit, how to, um, storytell, uh, really kind of getting to some of the, the hot areas of podcasting and how to, how to produce a podcast. There was about, uh, maybe about 125 people there or something like that. I mean, it was full. I mean, that's about all, all the venue could hold. I mean, it was sold out. Um, 
and it was in a like a work work share space in downtown Calgary. And Calgary is a lot bigger city than I think a lot of people realize. It's a uh, just the metro area has 1.1 million people, huh. um, so it's a it's a pretty good city. It's very clean, um, and people there are uh, are really nice. I mean, I have to say, it's a nice place. So I was I was impressed. Um, it's up in the air whether or not that that event will happen next year. It it appears that the, the organizer who who appeared on the last episode that we did of this show. Um, he may or may not come back with a, with a new show next year. We'll have to see. Oh, what's, Uh, what's the backstory on that? I don't know. I mean, he just, he didn't go into it thinking that it was going to be an annual event. I think he's had a lot of people say that they would like it to be an annual event. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm one of them. I, I kind of, I kind of encouraged him to, uh, to really think about that. I know when I had talked to him originally about the event, he had mentioned something about next year, maybe doing it in Vancouver uh, or something like that. Um, but I, I do think that that event has potential and I think Canada needs to, needs to join the, the podcasting community at a little higher level. And I think, um, having an event like that, I think helps that happen. Uh, maybe making more of a connection between the the U.S. and Canada when it comes to podcasting, mm-hmm. um, and and I think that's that event has the best shot of doing that right now. I um, mean, it's a it's a it's a well run conference. Um, so th- that I think is is well well connected up in Canada. So and I did see a couple of tweets that came out of it. Um, one I was a little bit critical on. Um, in yeah. regards to some statistics information that was shared, what um, what was your you know what was your thought on the quality of the speakers? Um, well, I think one of the things, um, <clears throat> yeah, and I haven't given given um, the event organizer feedback yet on this, but um, um, I think that. The topics were very. I'm gonna say some of the some of the speakers haven't been around the space for very long, mm-hmm. um, and I don't think some of them have qu- quite quite a bit of experience. Um, but it's still, and this is fairly common in other other countries around the world too. When it comes to podcasting, is it's it tends to be very centric on kind of public radio, um, so they tend to think about the medium as a subset of radio instead of something that's unique to itself. And I think that's, that's a, um, that's, that's kind of, I mean, if you look at a lot of European countries, um, their, their public radio stuff is pretty dominant. Um, Mm -hmm. and so people are, are, don't always think of podcasting as a unique medium. They think of it as a subset of radio and, and I think it's just an orientation that's different between how I think a, a big chunk of the U.S. podcaster community thinks about podcasting versus, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong, the U.S. podcast community is, has a significant public radio element to it, which is very similar to what I'm seeing up in Canada and I see in other countries around the world, uh, is that thought process around public radio because people are very much clued into that. There hasn't been a huge development of a community around the independent side 
which is where podcasting started here in the U.S. Was so I mean it's like ninety percent is on the independent side here in the U.S. In Canada, I think it's it's not that high. I mean it's it's well, like maybe forty percent is on the the independent side, sixty percent is on the public radio side. Well, I would I would attest that here in the United States, it's about ninety nine percent independent, one well, percent public. <laughs> yeah, that's, let's you, you can, know, let's let's you be, definitely argue that. Let's yeah, let's you know let's not give them more credit than <clears throat> credits due. We, we you're not being indoctrinated by a certain newsletter, are you, Rob? Because no, I'm not. Oh, okay. Because we we know that the you know the the bubble of the East Coast is uh, that's where the only thing that's innovative happening in podcasting these days, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, totally, so, Todd. so just to be a little bit of a shill here, um, we um, or I and the committee uh, relaunched the uh, podcast awards website on May first. That's right. So uh, let me see if I can put it up on the screen here. We um, basically took the money that we raised last year from the GoFundMe campaign, and some of the money, and actually the the total bill hasn't come in yet, so we're we're over five thousand dollars in the rebuild of the website. Um, but um, I, I got some pushback from some people. Said, "Why did you use Joomla?" And I was kind of uh, resistant myself to using this as a back end platform. But the dev team said, "This is how we can do it, and this is the fastest way to get there." And if you want to spend, you know, three times as much money, we can build it on another platform, specifically WordPress. But if you want to do what you want to do and with the tools that are available, um, we can modify stuff and we can make it work. And uh, I, I think we've come out with a, a decent site. It hasn't changed in look tremendously. But the main thing is the back end is just, oh, you know, I was editing PHP files before to update the website. So now um, everything is done through is what you see is what you get editor and uh, oh, that's good. a variety of different things. Now, the rules changes this year probably are where, well, 95% uh, of the people are very, very happy with the rules change. But there is a certain group that is not happy with the rules change. And uh, that's okay. Um, it, it, it is what it is. Um, but we took a lot of input from a lot of people and and basically the the way it's going to work now is that uh, shows have to register and the registration is currently open between now and May well excuse me the registration is open between now and July 31st but nominations start on July 1st we'd always I'd always get a dozen or so people that would be two weeks into nomination say I want to participate and I never had the ability to let them in at that point. So registration stays open all the way to the end of July, even though they may, um, you know, not get as many nominations, they can still participate, but, um, they have to register, cost them 10 bucks to register per show. And then, uh, when we open up the nominations, July 1st, the listeners will have a full 30 days to pick the 21 shows that they want to nominate uh, in the system. They actually will be logging in and uh, be presented a nomination uh, a window um, with the, each show that has registered uh, in the category. They'll be able to pick those. And once they lock in their, 
their votes than, uh, or their nominations, excuse me, then uh, we come out of the nomination period and uh, and then we essentially then do a, a slate determination. And basically the slate of nominated shows to be voted on will be determined by the number of nominations each show receives during the nomination period. The nomination committee made up of three podcast award team members will review the top, top 10 nominated shows and validate eligibility served by the slate to be announced no later than August 12th. And then what happens from uh, August 12th to September 15th, I believe, is that um, we are going to take, uh, uh, the committee is going to pick 50 people, industry people. Uh, it could be you, it could be a reporter, it, it's the 50 people in the industry that, and up to 50, it necessarily mm-hmm. won't necessarily be a total of 50. And then through random selection of the 2017 registered podcasters, we're going to have 50 that are going to be asked to cast ballots. And then we'll pick 250. Well, actually, when people register to nominate, they can select whether or not they want to be uh, part of the group that votes. And we'll take all the people that have registered and then randomly select 250 listeners to, uh, to vote. So all total up to 350 people will vote on the slate. And they'll get to vote once, no daily voting. And that's the big change to the award. So we'll see how it goes this year. Plus also I saw that there's a legacy shows element and yeah. you've renamed the the People's Choice Award. How, so how is that all going to work? Well, Let's this actually talk about that. This actually came down, you know, this was uh, a, a recommendation that came from Podvader uh, of all people, you know, and, and he, and he came up with this idea. He said, uh, okay, you've got these legacy shows. They're not allowed to win in a category anymore. You know, you honor them by putting them on a website. But it really, it's kind of like, really doesn't, it's, it's, it's like, so he said, why don't you rename the categories? I was like, huh. So during the nomination period and voting period, it'll say Coverville Podsafe Music Category. ESPN fantasy focus football sports category mm-hmm. feast of fun fools slash fun LGBTQ category free mm-hmm. talk live politics news category and we're renaming the people's choice award to the Adam Curry people's choice award so um, we've renamed the specific categories that have these legacy shows the like uh, WW, WDW radio in the travel category, which, you know, has dominated that category for years. Mm-hmm. So that's how we're going to honor them. Now we are going to give the, uh, the winner, the option on whether or not they want the full title to be on their trophy or not. But at least on the website, this is how we're going to uh, honor the legacy shows. So, why don't you explain the big picture on why Adam Curry's name is part of the name of it? Is it just in in honor of, or what's yeah, the... in honor of Adam Curry being the you know, being the podfather? Okay. And okay. Uh, you know, I reached out to the several places to you know it, it originally may have been an additional name on there, uh, but uh, right now it's the Adam Curry's podcast People's Choice Award. So, um, that's the, 
Any thoughts on that, Rob? Any controversy I'm creating? <laughs> um, no, I, I don't think so. I mean, I guess this list of shows that you have here, I'm not exactly sure. Are those, those going to be given, uh, given a word here at, at some ceremony that you have or uh, the, the legacy shows are the legacy shows and, uh, we're honoring them on, on the website and they will be mentioned during the award ceremony. But, oh, okay. but, um, you know, if they have not won, if any of those legacy shows have not won a people's choice award before, or the new Adam Curry people's choice award, we will automatically enter them to win a people's choice award. So they will be automatically grandfathered entered without a registration fee to, uh, have the chance to win a people's choice still. Okay. Now, so how are those shows selected to be part of the Adam Curry's? Was that something that Adam was involved in? No, or? no. The, the no. legacy shows are shows that have, well, legacy shows are shows that, um, who have won a minimum of five times. One, oh, I see. They, okay. they've won their podcast category a minimum of five times. And, okay. uh, we've only been at this 12 years. So, or at least we've had 12 awards I've actually been at 13. There was a year that was missed. Um, so basically in what we've seen in these shows is they just, they just win. <laughs> their audiences are really engaged They're you know, and they just win the awards. So with this new system, maybe they wouldn't, but, um, I think that, uh, when you announce Coverville 10 times in 12 yeah. years, <laughs> that's true, you know, and Brian, his team over there are great, but, uh, no, they're now, they're now legacy shows. So, and it's, you know, I've taken some heat from that in last year as well, but, uh, this year's definitely a, um, you know, we tweak things and, uh, you know, I spent, you know, almost didn't do this, but I, I, I really felt that it was, I owed the folks that contributed to the GoFundMe, um, to come back in, get the site rebuilt, uh, complete that promise. And, and as I am saying and how I'm kind of phrasing it, um, and it's kind of in the rules, I'm. Uh, trying to uh, re-invoke the spirit of the podcast awards. And I have a, you know, kind of a little bit of a mission statement on that in the rules section. And really the spirit of the podcast awards is pretty simple. It's for individual shows to work with their audiences independently to ask for nominations for a podcast award. And that mm -hmm. said, we know from years past that shows are collaborating and they team up with other shows. That isn't necessarily against the rules. And they get each of their audience to nominate a specific slate of shows and maximize the number of listener nominations. We still allow networks to work together with the following caveat. The Podcast Awards Committee, and I'm going to read verbatim here, reserves the right to disqualify any show or network of shows the committee feels violates the spirit of the Podcast Awards or bring discredit to the awards or the process. Um, the awards committee decision on disqualification will not come lightly, but will be the final. A disqualified show can appeal a disqualification in writing in 48 hours. Disqualification result in forfeiture of the registration fee. And the podcast words can mayor and can invoke multi-year suspensions from future participation. And what this really boils down to 
is that not everyone that um, was involved in some of the, well, a certain group, so I know they're listening, um, not everyone in that group, that most of, you know, probably more than 50% of the shows were uh, very respectful and were uh, honestly trying to engage their audience to win an award. Uh, I think a few of those in that list, and I'm not going to quantify or say who, were trying to mock and were trying to make a, you know, and, and have fun with this and, uh, and, and work the system. So they weren't outside of the uh, rules, um, but uh, it, you know, it didn't go over well in the podcasting community. I, you know, I, when you get over a thousand emails, from podcasters that are seriously pissed off um, about how um, it seemed to be a big joke with a certain group, then you know you got a problem. Yeah, that's true. I did also notice if you go to the About Us page you mentioned in here, and I don't know if you've announced this or whether or not it's out there yet, but uh, you you're going to tie in with the international podcast day live event yeah. for this, right? So the, okay. the team over there, we, um, they, they've agreed to give us an hour during the international podcast day and to do the actual award ceremony. Okay. Um, at least that's, you know, in, you know, kind of was a verbal. So, uh, you know, we're in way we're going to run the awards this year is every, that's another thing that's going to be a little bit different is if you're nominated and you make the slate and if you don't submit a video and you win, you forfeit. <laughs> so uh, we're be very, we're being very serious. <laughs> yeah. If you, if, if you win, if you, if, so if you, if you're, if you make the slate and you don't send cause you've registered, you've asked your audience to nominate you. And then if you don't submit a, uh, an acceptance video, um, you forfeit. <laughs> so, you know, cause many years we've had people participate and guess what? They never even acknowledged that they've won. So, uh, no more of that. So what happens in that situation? Does it, does it fall to the second place runner up? Second place runner up wins and they won't even know we, cause if they don't submit it, we won't even tell them they were runner up. <laughs> so how would you, they submit you, their video we're gonna have we're gonna have a procedure for people to submit their their video you, you you're grinning your teeth you're i i see you over there going wow <laughs> <laughs> you think i'm being a little too, coming down you think i'm being a little too hardcore <laughs> no <laughs> no i think what i would probably do is i would just ask uh, the 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 winner and the runner-up submit their no their everybody video. has no? to oh, oh everybody, everybody that's nominated oh, has to okay yeah gotcha. that that way we keep it a surprise on who wins uh, yeah. you guys are crafty yes so here, here's how it reads awards preparation all shows that make the final slate are required to submit a 90 second max acceptance video on the premise that they won no later than set by September 23rd, a video shall be an MP4, MP4 video. It will be submitted through an online submission form that we'll provide. If the final slate nominee fails to submit their 90 cent acceptance speech and is the winner, 
the podcast will forfeit and the award will go to the second place show. Do not let down the listeners who nominated you by not submitting your winning video. <laughs> so, you know, All right. yeah, we'll, see, we'll see how it goes. And of it course, sounds like it'll work. It sounds it, like it'll work. It, yeah. You know, and of course, I'm going to be the be the jerk. You know, that's the way it always works. That's all right. So this is the way the rules are, and that's just the way it's going to be. And I am working with some other people. I will not be the only spokeshole that we talking about this. So. Spokeshole. <laughs> <laughs> you just uh, coined a new phrase there, Todd. No, I stole that. I stole that from Adam Curry. Oh, Ed, that was Adam <laughs> no agenda. Curry. They yeah. used that word spokeshole. <laughs> awesome. awesome. Uh, so anyway, um, anyway, podcasters, you can register registration. You have all the way up until July thirty first. All I wouldn't recommend registering on July thirty first because you, you don't show up in the nomination form until you register. Do <laughs> it ASAP, right? Yeah. Well, at least before July first. All right. Um. Anyway, I've. I, so I'm sorry I'm being such a shill and we are looking for sponsors and in a serious matter, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what the bill is this year, um, for the, you know, for the final build. And then, uh, uh we'll do the math and figure out where we at, you know, this is not a moneymaker by any means. So, um, we will take, uh, you know, trophies will get bought out of the excess this year. If there is excess, which I'm hoping there will be, there should be. That would be a nice problem to have. Yes, it would be a nice problem to have instead of, because I didn't, I, mean, I refused to pay it on my pocket last year for them. So, okay. Uh, let's see here. There's a few things in the news. And we're, yeah. We're doing okay on time. I want to talk about, uh, all right, it's, I, I saw you on the Twitter thread, and it's it's a, an article that was over on Alphr a l p h r dot com. I have no idea who these folks are. Uh, podcasts are more popular than ever, so why is the tech stuck in the past? I knew you were going to talk about this one. <laughs> so, Rob, why don't you tell me what you think here? Well, it's. It's so cookie cutter, you know, I mean, a lot of this stuff is, you know, the tech and has never evolved and it's never gotten any better. And, and it's just like, I just go, there's been a lot of tech that's gotten a lot yeah, better. A lot. It's just that this person just doesn't know what they're talking about. And it's just so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of getting really tired of these articles coming out and the people, um, just putting misinformation out there, you know, about what's what the history is, where the state of the medium is. And they don't talk to anybody that knows anything about anything. Right. You know, they're, they're talking to shills. Uh -huh. They're talking to people that have an agenda and they're, they're not looking out for the medium and have no exposure to the greater medium. But let, so, let, let me show you how they're, how well formatted their website looks today. Um, I have no idea. Good. I have no idea no. what's going on there. I can't even see the text. It's like, what? Are, what? You know, what are you guys yeah, hosting on? Yeah. 
Now, I did see one article that was in Pod to Pod is how women are changing the podcasting game. Okay. <clears throat> that's Was it a good piece? That's a reasonable assertion. I would say that w- women are having a big impact on the podcasting space. Well, and if you, uh, if you look at uh, last year when we were at, uh, um, you know, in Anaheim, with, uh, not in Anaheim, but when we were in, at Podcast Movement, uh, I'm already thinking about Anaheim this year. You know, yeah. that the the demographic there was, you know, if they, let's be honest, if everyone was single, that had been a pretty good uh, event to go to, to, uh, to meet a, to meet someone because there was a uh, pretty equal numbers of men, men and women there. Well, that's exactly what, what I found at pod summit too. There, there was probably f- at least 50% women at that conference. And, and when, when I asked everybody in the crowd who was doing a podcast today, um, half of them raised their hand. Wow. So I thought it was a perfect ratio, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, to have half of the crowd be podcasts and the other half not be podcasters. Right. Uh, you know, if people are willing to help each other, um, that can actually work out really great. So, um, so yeah, I don't think we have a, a big issue of gender or ethnicities or racial imbalance in this medium. Yeah. I, I, I think we're doing just fine. No, I, I, and I, I think too, just, you know, looking at uh, Dan's event and Dan and, you know, the rest of the team. Uh, so it's not just Dan's event. So the rest of the team, don't shoot me here. Um, and Jared and the guys, it's, um, a pretty cross section of America. And I think there was and even international. I think there, I, yeah, I think there was all demographic, all again, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think there's, I think we're getting pretty good e- distribution now, you know, some people may have a different perspective and please let me know if you do. We'd love to hear your perspective because you know, I'm, we're just, let's Frank, let's, let's face it, Rob, we're just two old white guys. So, you know, we may have a, we may have a, uh, 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 you know, a filter here, but I, I think we're, I think the space is, uh, you know, gendered up pretty good. Well, this is something we've been talking about for years that we were hoping was going to happen right, to, the, right. to the space. It was going to get balanced and representative of the of the population, and and I think we're getting very close to that. Um, oh, that that kind of whiteout or blockout that that you saw yeah. on that article that was because they're prompting you to fill out a survey before you can read the article. Uh, screw them! I'm not doing that. And it says, and it says. The question that they're asking is, do you own a Google home device? And the, the first answer on the, the list is not sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> just, my God. I just accidentally picked one up. I didn't know what it was. Um, yeah. anyway, anyway, that's, that's the reason why you can't see it. Just, you have to go through a five question survey to be able yeah, to get to read the article. Bite me. I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Matter of fact, that's that's immediate. Okay, so let me hear. Let me go to that site. X, you're gone. And they're also playing audio on the page too. Oh, and and, yep. and they're they're running a video. Yep, too. yep, they sure are. Yep. So, so um, one thing we should also do is yeah, I got to show my awards. Um, we should announce. And by the way, everyone. And, and I should have done this at the beginning of the show, and I am tardy in doing so. 
Congratulations, Rob. Oh, thank you, Todd. For those of you who don't know, Rob is going to be inducted in the 2017 Hall of Fame. So we are going to have a Hall of Fame podcast award show, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> when is that show? <laughs> right now. It's beautiful. Oh, this, 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 yeah. This yeah. Oh, so, okay. so I think we're, we will be able to have that distinction of the, being the only two that do a uh, do two Hall of Fame members in uh, that do a show at the same time or to do a show together. So, so all we have to do is bring um, bring Rob Walsh on. Yeah, we're a trifecta, right? Be a trifecta. So this year's Hall of Fame inductees are, and this is a great list. It's uh, uh, Brian Evitt from Coverville, Dan Class, and uh, he's been doing the Bitters Pill since two thousand four, and uh, we've got Elsie Elskabar. And uh, she podcasts the feed, the official lives in podcast. Then we've got Luria Petrucci, aka Kelly Lewis, uh, who is a uh, obviously a pioneer in the streaming world. And of course, uh, and I, I think they have this in alphabetic order. But last but not least, of course, is Rob. So Rob Greenley, congratulations, Rob. And well, I was amiss at not saying it at the beginning of the show. It's okay. So I'm I'm not spending a lot of time playing it up, so it's just it's just what it is, you know. Yeah. Well, the, um, the trophies have you you've seen the trophies, right? No, I have not. Oh. Well, yeah, yeah, I guess I did. All right, yeah, let, sure let, let me let me everyone. I just have to indulge me here. Let me show show Rob what he's going to get. Oh. Oh, and you, Gloria. I mean, she actually built her career as a video podcaster. Yeah, you, you're going to have one of these beautiful bad boys on uh, your... Bad boys. Yeah, look at that. Isn't, awesome. isn't that awesome. gorgeous? It is. The, the, sun, the sun is shining in my face, so... <laughs> Looks great. Yeah, and it is heavy. This thing is like, you got to hold it with two hands, and I just fingerprinted it up. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so here's what you got to do, though, Rob. I, I, I think officially was the best dressed so far for the awards. I, I, I claim that just because I wore a tuxedo. So you are being tasked. Do I have to wear a tuxedo. I am I challenging you. I am challenging you to wear a tuxedo. So that do they even make one my size? Rob, come on now. <laughs> you, you, you need to go and and get a, uh, um, get a tux and wear a tux. So that when when uh, we can put pictures side by side, you know, of uh, from my previous award and yours, it'll be like we'll be the two best dressed men having ever received Hall of Fame awards. Well, I thought that uh, Rob Walsh looked pretty pretty dapper. He last he year, looked dapper, recall. but he didn't wear a tux. I thought he had. Oh, that's right. He had a bow tie. That's right. right. Okay. <laughs> Colorful bull as I recall. And Rob did look pretty dapper. He had a, you know, he had a, you know, for an old guy, he he dressed, he cleaned up pretty good. <laughs> he cleaned up for an old guy. <laughs> I'm older than all all of you. Oh, so. yeah. but no, you're being too humble. This is this is you know, it, you, there was a tough field this year. I you know there was a the nominated people, and and I don't think I can say because I did get to vote. Um, it, the field was tough. Uh, it was a tough field of, of nominees. So, 
you know, I had to sit and think about it for a while on a couple of the choices. Now, I will say I voted for you. So, well, you know, you. that that one you had in the bag. But, um, you know, there was, uh, um, there was, it was a tough field this year. Of, it was a great list of, of nominees. So, um, it's, it's only going to get harder as they move forward. Because now the, you know, the number of years, because, you know, there wasn't, there's not a lot of us that are left around from the 2004, 2005 period. But now as we start moving to the right, the field of people that are eligible is going to get much, much greater. Mm -hmm. So. Um, That's true. So it's, it's, it's going to be even harder in, in, you know, in out years, but. Uh, so what was that, that, that selection process like? I mean, just not specifically, but just generally. What's well, the... Dan and the team take nominations. Um, I'm assuming, and as Dan's on chat, Dan, do you put up all the nominations that come in? Do you qualify them? And then every person that it was has gets a write-up gets put in the ballot? Um. So maybe if Dan's, because I know, and I know Dan just commented a few minutes ago. Uh, and then Dan sends the uh, prior inductees. And I don't know if anyone else gets to vote. I don't know if Dan and his teams vote or not. But the, uh, the prior uh, inductees then vote on the slate. So gotcha. I, I don't know if he's... But, uh, so it's just a list of names in 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 those that have won in the past. We'll just go through and well, select what five of them. Yeah, there's write ups. You know, there's a there's a nomination write up beside each person's name that you can read, and then uh, then you you basically can vote for five, and you pick the five that uh, you vote for. So, um, you know, and and again, it's a and I didn't vote last year. I don't know why. Um, this is the first year that I voted. So, um, hmm. but anyway, it. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say Daniel how many were nominated. It was it was a decent list. If Dan wants to share that, he can. I I'm probably not at liberty to say. Gotcha. But. Uh, no, so again, congratulations, and uh, well, thank you. You know what uh, Dan his team is doing over there is uh, is awesome. So, um, but yeah, I, I, everyone on this list is uh, has contributed considerably to the to the podcasting space. You know, you look at uh, uh, you know Brian has essentially made a career of it. So so has uh, Loria, Elsie yeah. is as well. Um, Dan, I'm not sure if he's made a, a queer podcasting or not, if he has a regular job or not, but, um, you know, obviously you have, and, uh, you know, all those conferences, all the, you know, helping podcasters and everything that all these folks do is, uh, is big. So anyway, congratulations. Yeah. Well, thank you. I know it's been a, it's been a, um, long journey. I mean, I've been doing this stuff for a long time, even even before podcasting. Yeah. I was doing a lot of this stuff. Um, so it goes way, way back for me. I, mean, mm -hmm. I started doing this back in 1999. Um, not podcasting specifically, but creating audio programming online. Right. Um, so it's it's been, you know, I spent 
you know, those early years, you know, behind the mic only. And, and then after I quit my, my radio show, just started working more behind the scenes. Yeah. Uh, Dan is in chat. He says, we weed out a few. There are a lot of joke entries or people nominating themselves when they don't qualify. So, oh, really? Interesting that they get joke entries. Those, that would be a good B-roll, Dan. The joke <laughs> entries. <laughs> Someone was... joke anyway? Is that like... Rick was saying, so what happens to all those exception speeches of podcasters who didn't win? Do they get all... Do they get put on a fun reel for YouTube? Hmm. Yeah. You don't want to rub it in their face. So that's no. probably not nice. No, that's true. Yeah. Well, it'll be an interesting uh, podcast movement this year. Right? Yes. It's going to be get, um, a big contingent of radio people, I guess, going to this conference because there's a specific track just for radio at this event yeah. this year. Tell Francisco he has to pay for uh, tux. <laughs> so how did you do that did you actually rent the tux locally Is that what you i did, did? i rented it? i rented it locally and i took it with them and be you know and basically you just have to work with you know they'll give it to you, know, you can usually keep the tux for four or five days you know oh. so uh usually there's enough time to not incur extra fee and if you need to keep it an extra day they it's usually not too much of a charge just explain to them what you're doing where when and how yeah, I went fitted and, you know, basically did all that. Here's the thing on a tux. So if, if you need to, ha if you think you're going to need to wear a tux more than like twice or three times in like the next two or three years, just buy a tux because it's cheaper. If you're going to need one a couple of times over the next, you know, and you don't get any fatter and robbed, I don't think you have to worry about that. It, it's just, it's just cheaper to, to buy one. If you're going to, if you're going to need one two or three times in the next, let's say five years. But if you don't, if you don't think, if you haven't worn tux up to this point, you probably just rent one as, you know, cheaper. Yeah. So, but who knows? Maybe this is the start of something big. Maybe you'll need to have a tux now every two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I've got two really, really nice and expensive suits that I could wear. No, 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 no. Tuxedo. You have to wear a tuxedo. But I can just get a, get a really nice bow tie. You, you know? okay. Rob, Rob, Rob. <laughs> You're not understanding the situation here. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to, bro I'm I am going to browbeat you until you wear a tux. <laughs> so you do what you want to do, but wear a tux. No, I don't. Yeah, do what you want to do. Just wear a tux. <laughs> even the chat room would say, wear a tux. Rob is, even Rick is saying, wear a tux. Okay, everybody. <laughs> they put out, they so put, what? they put on a class act award ceremony. Yeah. And, and, you know, in, in red carpet, champagne. I mean, it's, it's, you know, they have hors d'oeuvres behind the scenes. All right. You know, I'm just, <laughs> Dan's like, What? They do. They do what? You're setting expectations for him. So they have this, to be able to live up this to that. big, marvelous party at a steak place that you know the podcast movement pays for. That's right. Vanity magazine is going to that, fly that's in. That's right. Reporters are there, of course. It's right. <laughs> going to be a photo wall. Oh. All of the journalists to show up. Right. And Dan's going, Todd, stop, stop. <laughs> 
All right, so um, you can tell we've been we have we haven't been together in a while. So <laughs> there's so a was, uh, oh go go ahead. There's a topic that I, I I just chuckled when I saw it. So you know my story. I, I Rob, I was a blogger before. I was a podcaster. Never a really good blogger. I'm still not a good blogger. <laughs> That's why I have other people write for me. So what I've been pitching for for almost 13 years now. If you're a blogger, it's in in an easy transition to be a podcaster. And you have so many advantages. You get this pre-built audience, you launch a show, it's like you get this kickstart, right? Mm-hmm. Now my kickstart was like 300 people. But, you know, that's still pretty good, right? <laughs> yeah, the huge blogger uh, fan following. Right, right, right. So, here's this article at yourstory.com. And by the way, I own the domain talkstory.com if anybody ever wants to. Uh, I, I think I do. I, Don't I think you I, have just about every domain? <laughs> <laughs> let, let, me, let me double check that talk story. Uh, make sure it goes to my website. Uh, well, while I'm waiting for it to read, or, oh, no, I don't, I get, maybe I don't own that domain. Someone else does, but I, I own some, some I'm domains shocked. like that. Yeah. So, <laughs> shut. So there's this, uh, article, uh, podcast or the new monetized blogs. Here's how you can get on it. And I thought, oh, interesting. So, um, it's at the turn of the century. Blogging and social networking were entirely different animals. When I first started blogging in 2001, we were just a bunch of people sending out long-form rants. And so it's really kind of talking about kind of some of this, and not exactly, but some of the same stuff I've been talking about for a while. Uh-huh. You know, and, I, and so maybe if people are starting to go, hmm, yeah, uh, there's this direct correlation, blogging, podcasting, but still, I still believe the strong, strongest combination is a uh, someone that's blogging and podcasting at the same time. I, there's so many advantages to doing yeah. that. Um, it, it's really yeah, incredible. Agree. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it's tough for a lot of people to do that though, because I mean, some people really it takes them a long time to write articles. Look what I did. Look what I did. Dan is saying Red Carpet Party will have open bar this year, according to rumors. Wow. See, look, look at that. See, see what I see what I accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but our but our tuxedos required. Uh, yes, of course, for okay. for current awardees only. Um, you know, of course, the crackers and caviar in the back will be reserved just for the new new nominees, right? So there you go. <laughs> well, I I don't think I'd be eating any caviar. Sorry. You don't like caviar? I, no. That's uh, that's I, I really is it a personal it's too, thing? It's yeah, it's too it's too highfalutin for me. I'm more of a kind of a down to earth. There, there's guy. one night in your life when you are being inducted to the podcast hall of fame, you can be as highfalutin in one finger as possible. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Todd. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have fun with this for a while. And we're gonna, gonna we're gonna. You know, everyone send Rob a congratulation email to rob at robgreenly.com. Make sure you send him a congratulatory note that he, for him being inducted into the podcast hall of fame. He deserves it. Don't, so. don't spend me, send me any um, viruses though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So I wanted to to also ask you, Todd. Um, so how did you do your induction speech? What what was the what was the the process that you went through mentally to uh, come up with what to say at this? I do. I, I, I do. Mean, I'm a podcaster, but I, I'm 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 speechless at something like you this. know. Besides thanking your mom and God and uh, you, you know whoever else you want to thank or whatever deity you bow down to, um, I think that you know I kind of approach it just as I do anything else. I just did some like crib notes. I did like uh, um, talking points, and I I think I followed two of the ten that I had written down or something to that effect. Uh, you know, that's something, you know, that's something you got to figure out. It's, uh, and I can't tell you how to do that, but you know, there's definitely some people you're going to want to thank and, uh, yeah. So how long do you have to, I, I you know, I think, do- I don't think more than a couple of minutes. If you go more than a couple of minutes, podcasters are going to start throwing shoes at you. So, <clears throat> well, I don't know. Don't you know, know. As long I, as it's not tomatoes, it'll uh, ruin the tux. Yeah, so. I, I think most people, you know, you it, it, two minutes is a lot. <clears throat> you know, even a minute is a lot. You know, you think about three words per second. So, you know, you can 200 words in about, that, that's all, you can say a lot in that. Um, I think I can pull that off. Yeah, I think so too. And I'm sure they're going to give you some guidance. I don't think they've ever told you not to, you know, keep it under five minutes, but. Um, also yeah. bring out the big hook. Uh, yeah, yeah. And they, 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 what they do is they just put the music up over you, and then switch to the other person, and they they shove you off the stage. So that's right. Yeah. yeah. But uh, no, I, I I think that in be honest with you, I, I I think I just wrote some, you know, some talking points or something to that effect. I know some people get nervous, and you know, but you know, we're podcasters. We're used to talking to people, so. If anybody right. can do this, you can. You, you, your yeah. problem is you're going to have to keep it underneath 90 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, Todd, 22 minutes max. Yeah. It's going to be put out as a podcast. I'm actually going to do a host read during it as well. Yeah. You remember that? Yep. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to promote uh, what, what was the what was the uh, advertisement in the middle of the podcast awards that they did, uh, ceremony? Yeah. Um, was it stamps.com or something? Stamps.com, yeah, exactly. You know, what, so it was so, oh, it's so, no, it was so, cheese. oh, my God. <laughs> I was half in the bag when that, you know, because I, I thought I was out of the podcast awards business. So I was, I'd been drinking heavily up to that point, and I was just sitting there kind of like, did they just do an ad during the awards ceremony? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I thought it was innovative, Todd. No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, if I remember right, you were still getting a paycheck from that particular employee when they did that. <laughs> it was. I was actually sitting at the table right next to Norm. <laughs> oh, oh my God! And did you did you want to crawl underneath the table when that happened? Uh, you know, it was like, oh boy, I could tell this one was going to crash and burn hard. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know what what was going to happen. I had already kind of left the company, so yeah. Jason got inducted. I believe you got into the wrestler, and we've got another celebrity amongst us in the chat room. Um, Jason got, I believe, inducted into some. You'll have to tell us in the chat room in a in a. I think the wrestling hall of fame or something. Jason, please correct me here, but 
Um, he says, my Hall of Fame speech last month was six minutes. I ran over by one minute. That's a, six minutes, dude. Did you like, wow, that's long. Um, oh, and Daniel says, uh, talking about the uh, advertisement in the ads, he says, uh, a National Wrestling Hall of Fame, Virginia chapter. Congratulations to Jason. We We are surrounded by nobility right now. Nobility. <laughs> a Hall of Fame will do that. And let me look over here. Rob, Rob, is there a safe? Do you have a safety pin? No. No safety pin because I see a swelling of your head. <laughs> no, no one, you of all people, will not do that. You're very humble. No, so. that will never happen to And me. it is a humbling experience, you know? It really, really is. So I, oh, can, yeah. I can tease you, but... Uh, you can, Doug. That's right. Because you've been through it, and your head got big for a while. Uh, then, then, no. Then no, it settled was, down I was, a little bit. I was pretty humble. I, I was pretty humbled. <laughs> you were, Todd, yeah, I have to it, admit. It, I was it, giving you a hard time. If, you, if you're not humble, you're an asshole, you know? So... <laughs> So that's S- true. That's, that's right. True. So yeah. S Town. Let's talk about S Town for a second. And I, I have got an idea. Actually, I'm sitting on top of a story. And if you've been following my regular podcast at all on uh, episode one one nine seven one one nine eight, I've been heavily involved in something that's been going on in the hometown that I grew up in. Yeah. And uh, I don't want to go into the details on the show, but it's it's just pure travesty and some school administrators as of this morning were put on administrative leave but long story short the the it has the hallmarks of a serial type of program or serial type of story that can be told once the um uh once the actual uh trial gets over and everything that's going to happen from a legal standpoint but without going into details um, you know, Serial and S-Town um, have hit some amazing numbers. S-Town exceeded 40 million downloads, uh, which is, you know, that is just a, you know, a butt ton, to be honest with you. Um, but, you know, in, 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 in truly, this, this thing that's going on in my hometown that I grew up in, it's, it's got the hallmarks of being able to, to tell a story over 20 years of something that was missed and uh is it's and then it's ending in travesty so um you know i think we're all if we all look within our communities there are serial and s-town type stories that as a podcaster you may never have thought of doing um i had never thought in my entire time of doing a podcast up until this point and uh, that i would actually consider doing a um an investigative type reporting type show but it wow. i'm i'm really sitting on the edge of thinking about doing this oh, and wow okay. so but you know so but it's based upon something that i've been exposed to in my hometown each of us have things that go on so you know with this s town hitting 40 million downloads what 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 is the essence of this it's it's a it's a it's a it's a deep story and there's intrigue and mystery and all kinds of stuff 
mm-hmm. I think those are available in every time. And so if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're a podcaster and you're kind of scratching your head what to do, um, just look around in your hometown. You might be surprised what you find. But what do you think about yeah. their 40 million downloads? It's impressive. I have to say it's, it's really impressive. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, it's great that we're starting to see a podcast, uh, hit those kind of numbers. And, and I think it's, it's certainly good for the medium. So they have a few shows like that out there. So the question then really is Rob, how much did they spend to make that show? Do we know? Yeah. And when, and how many staff members, what did it take to, or producers and editors and to actually produce the show too. Yeah. Cause you know, I'm thinking about the logistics of this story that I want to do and I'm going to have to have somebody on the ground running down people and getting them to agree to come on and, and talk about it. You know, what you have <clears throat> in many small towns and the sp- town I grew up in, uh, my graduating class was 97. So everybody knows everybody. And when someone, when there's something controversial going on, um, they're worried about their businesses, their jobs, their standing, uh, what's mm-hmm. going to happen at the church they go to. All this stuff goes through people's heads and people are often hesitant to stick their neck out. And, you know, if you're in a big city and maybe it's not such a big deal, but if you're in a small town, um, mm-hmm. where some of these, you know, where some of these stories are originating, um, it'd be very much a battle to get some people to actually talk about it publicly. Yeah. Uh, my sister yeah, was, that, go ahead. There's a lot of stories out there. I think that could be, could be told, you know, and this is, uh, I guess we could probably see there's probably a coming wave of that type of content coming behind us town. Right. Yeah. Um, lots of people are going to try and produce something that they hope will hit those kind of numbers. Yeah. You know, my sister was worried and she was actually told by community members, what your brother's doing is going to bring national media to us. And they didn't want that. They didn't want to see an in truck sitting in a school parking lot. Um, you know, but you know what I was, you know, pretty much on the, well, you know, I was getting the word out, trying to raise social awareness. And mm-hmm. uh, I did have a, uh, a phone call that came in from a national news organization, a, ca- a specific cable network, mm-hmm. and uh, talked to him for about 30 minutes on the phone. Now, they never picked it up, but, the, you know, it crossed their radar. So uh, it's, it's a pretty amazing today, and this has really been a lesson to me on uh, what we as podcasters can do. Um, you know, I took 20 minutes out of my tech show to, well, it got pretty personal and I got pretty deep into a absolutely non-tech related topic, uh, in my show twice. Mm-hmm. I did it twice. I did over two episodes. Now I'm not going to abuse my audience more than that, but, um, it's amazing the, what you can do as a podcaster, uh, in, in this space, combination with social media and what you can do to, um, um, really cause, um, a community to become aware and become active. Uh, every podcaster has the ability to, um, really almost be an activist to a certain extent. And, um, mm-hmm. uh, if, if the issue is, if the subject is, you know, 
strong enough and it's not getting the word it's 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 pretty amazing what you can do and i and i and i the only goal i really had in what i in really let me give you guys some background to those of you who aren't listen, haven't listened to my regular show is it involved um in what i consider in my opinion let me be very careful in saying that uh in my opinion a school administration that overlooked a situation with a student teacher relationship which resulted in ultimately in the arrest of the teacher on multiple counts um in the sexual nature uh that in my opinion again in my opinion could have been prevented had the school uh administration been proactive in listening to issues that came in from students now um that said uh there is um the ability, if you're a content creator, to reach a lot of people in a hurry. Um, and that I did uh, with my show and along with some other community members that were also active and trying to get the word out and get the community aware of what was going on and the facts behind stuff. So, uh, you know, this morning the, you know, the school board in that community uh, put the two on administrative leave um, mm-hmm. as well they should have been. So I'm pretty pleased with the end result. But it is... Uh, it's pretty powerful the medium we have here it's it's it become very obvious to me uh, over the past week or two what what can really be accomplished and i don't know i, I got on this tangent yeah. but it, it just kind of triggered me here on this on this s town on you know what what we can do as podcasters and and look at different topics yeah that's true i mean you're you're having an impact there. So that's, that's great. It, it, like you say, it's an example of uh, what a podcaster can do. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I wanted to also mention that, that there's an article that came out. Um, it, it was in, um, it's called the, the record, um, the music news from NPR came out. The title of the article was, the MP3 is officially dead, and that's according to its creators. So I guess, um, I guess the Fraunhofer folks are not going to be supporting licensing of their patents on the MP3 format going forward. So what does that mean? Well, it means that um, I would think potentially there's going to be a lot more pressure um, moved towards um, audio format, um, moving towards an AAC um, standard going going forward into the future. It's not to say that MP3 is going to go away uh, anytime soon, but it means that um, the, the encoding side of this will, um, over time, will start to fade away. Um, because they're because, not allowing licensing or they're... Correct. correct. The, they are not going to license the MP3 encoding format to um, to software. <clears throat> so, and I'm sure many podcasters don't realize this, but the MP3 format is not a open standard. It is a proprietary owned codec um, that is controlled by a company called Fraunhofer. Uh, it's been around for a very long time. Uh, it's out in the wild because they've licensed it to software <clears throat> that can be used to encode audio. So technically 
that patent um, gives Fraunhofer the right to go after people for using their their patented encoding algorithm. Now they have not. But the question and, is, but Rob, the patent is isn't for a lifetime. It's only fifteen years, is what a patent is only good for. Yeah, but well, it doesn't say anything about that. It just says that there is a. Um, I should probably share with you this article that came out. Um, but it's really focused. The, the article doesn't specifically talk about podcasting. It's, it's talking more about music. Um, but I think that it's, it's a discussion. Now, AAC is a format that Apple has been supporting for forever, essentially. And the AAC stands for advanced audio coding. <clears throat> um, now the, 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 there has been people in the past that have used the MP4 standard, then for A, or for A, yeah, uh, for this as well. Um, but the, I guess uh, I'm trying to read through this. This format has been kind of on life support since 1995. I'm talking, I'm talking about the MP3 format. Um, but I guess they were still issuing um, licenses to software companies to use it for encoding. So, so if they walk away and aren't going to enforce it, no one's going to change anything. Well, so let's say, just use an example, SoundForge, which is an audio editing software suite. Right? Mm -hmm. It's made by Sony. Um, and Sony has to pay a license to get access to the MP3 format uh, that they, they use in their software. So they have to pay an annual renewal on... Um, using that codec in their software. Um, and I'm sure Apple had, had to do that as well. Uh, it could mean that at some point down the line here that um, these, these companies um, remove MP3 from their software. Huh. So you would not be able to encode an MP3. Um, so, so that's where the risk is. I don't know when that would happen, or it doesn't talk about timeframes, but the... The issuing of uh, licenses for use of the MP3 uh, patented technology of uh, it's actually Technicolor and Fraunhofer IIS uh, has been terminated. So, so, um, so, do, are they going to release it then? Have they said what they're going to do? No, they haven't um, said. Uh, what's going to happen from this, if it's going to be, it's going to turn open source or what's going to happen. But the discussion that I'm reading in this article talks about how, um, uh, see, there's going to be a shift towards greater support for AAC. Hmm. Um, and is, a, uh, is now the de facto standard for music downloads and video on mobile phones. AAC is? Yeah. I, the article states that uh, the AAC codec is much more efficient than MP3 and offers a lot more functionality. Hmm. Um, so it's something to keep an eye on. The question is, is AAC supported on every device? Is it HTML5 capable? I don't know. I don't know enough about AAC uh, to, to really answer that. And it doesn't really go into that in this article. It just talks about the MP3 format um, kind of kind of drifting away so 
I'm not sure what that means, if it's going to fall into open source or if it's people are going to be allowed to continue. In, in the end, uh, audio is audio. I don't care how people get it. It's MP3 well, or, or what a, the format is, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the question is, can you tag, can you put tags in AAC? Is there that functionality in there? Does anybody yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it's in there. Yeah. Yeah, that's, you know, that's a, boy, um, that's, is, I can't actually say. I have to be careful here. Um, nice topic of discussion on ID3 tags and uh, the amount of header information in, in MP3 files. Let's just put it that way. It's been a topic close to my heart here in the last month. Yeah. But it's something that we should probably, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm planning on digging into it a little bit more and learning more about it. And I can talk more more intelligently about what's happening here. But um, But it might. You know, this might be a big impact on the podcasting space. Um, Daniel says, the only thing we know for sure is that the means no one can claim ownership of MP3 technology anymore. MP4 video uses AC, AAC audio, so I would expect AAC audio to be the HTML would be uh, AAC audio to be HTML5 compatible, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah. I, I, I don't think it's uh if there's a shift, there's a shift. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, you know, I don't think we care which format we encode in. It's at this point, it's been MP3. Um, I just want to make sure cross compatibility wise that we don't run into problem with players and we start yeah, breaking that's stuff. Why, you know, getting, getting the word out about this is so important early. So, and, and making the community aware of what could could be coming um so people you know platforms can adjust and right. make sure that they're they're compatible with something because if there's all of a sudden a a wave of people creating podcasts in AAC format and there's all these platforms that don't support AAC then we we the 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 podcasting world kind of breaks for a while yeah um so so anyway so Rob, did you get your money out? And did you become a premium member of the Bill O'Reilly podcast? <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Bill O'Reilly. I'm sorry to say. So uh, of course, you know he got he got fired, got canned by uh, by Fox, and yep. I, I know they probably did that with regret, considering how big of a show he had. But uh, anyway, so the the no spin news for uh, Bill O'Reilly is now. Uh, you know, he's basically out in podcast land. He's been regulate. He's been, <laughs> well, I hate to say it this way, but he's been shit canned to podcasting. <laughs> That's right. Downgraded. And, uh, to podcasting. Just yeah. podcasting. Yes. So, uh, of course, he, you know, he has been, uh, let's, let's just think about this for a second, though, from a brand perspective. And you take the, you know, whatever he's accused of and all this other stuff. And, he, he, you know, he's, he's a, He's a scumbag because of what he's done to women. Let's just, you know, we'll put it out there. So, um, but he, for years now, this, this, this goes again. What, what have I've always said? Branding, 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 branding. So he was on Fox and every night, every night at the end of his show, he would say, make sure you go to BillOReilly.com, BillOReilly.com, BillOReilly.com. Make sure you go to BillOReilly.com. He said about 50 freaking times. So, he built his brand not on Fox, but on BillOReilly.com. So yeah. when he got canned, 
where does his fan base go? BillOReilly.com. They know where to go because he's already got a podcast over there, right? Yep. He wasn't go to FoxNews.com to listen to my podcast. He was go to BillOReilly.com to listen to my podcast. <laughs> and so now he's going to start a membership thing, four ninety five a month or something like that. So who knows what he how he's going to do on that? Um, but he's already been established doing a podcast now. What have I said for the past 13 years? Build your brand. Build your on, brand. Build your brand on your.com so yep. that when you get shit canned for being a dirt bag. <laughs> <laughs> Which we all will at some point. Yeah. And it, 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 it a prospective job. Um, then, you know, those that want to continue to follow you. Um, and, and please, I know some of you are fans of Bill O'Reilly and we're having a little fun here. So don't, don't crucify me. I know you, some of you will. <laughs> and you know, I'm going to get emails saying he was framed, he was set up. And while all that might be true, um, or maybe not true, I don't know. Um, the key thing is here, you say what you must about him. Um, but he was, br he was brilliant in making sure people knew where his brand was at. Mm-hmm. And it's yep. just, to me, it's like... I'm on his site right now. Yeah, I'm on his site right now. Oh, my. You're going to be struck down, Rob. <laughs> I know. What's wrong with me? I'm just trying to think if he actually uses the term podcast anywhere. Oh, he does. He he was... Oh, there you go. He promoted it on, on every single episode. Listen to my podcast. You know, yeah, so... He was smart. smart. So, yeah. you know, so when he, you know, got bounced off, um, you know, this, this is not a guy that's going to have any problem paying his bills. <laughs> you know, he was, he, he had the number one cable show for years and was getting millions of dollars from Fox. So I mean, this, this guy is not going to be a, a, a popper, you know, I'm not going to see him on the side of the street begging for 50 cents. Um, so but Todd, I still don't see an audio player on his website. No, it's premium. It's all premium. You have to pay yeah. four ninety five to get access to it. He's not uh, giving sucker. anything away. That sucker. So, uh, but All anyway, right. but it, I'm just making the point here that. But he's not a podcaster then. Well, in the sense that he is <laughs> making them public available. No. You no, know, not at now, all. Was he creating a free version of his show? I don't, I, don't, publicly available? I don't think so. I don't think he is. Well, then he, then it's I'm hard pressed to call him a podcaster. Yeah. But you know, he, he, I think he was, I think it was a show on Fox called O'Reilly factor or whatever, whatever it yeah, was. Exactly. And, and he, now it's the, it's, it's the no spin news because he used to say this is the no spin zone. So now he's saying the no spin news. So he was careful in his rebranding. Um, cause probably Fox probably owned, uh, no spin, zone. No, no spin zone and probably own the uh, uh, O'Reilly factor or whatever you want to call it. Um, so anyway, it was, it's kind of, uh, okay. He does show a, um, a free podcast uh, URL. You have to dig for it a little bit, but so maybe, you know, maybe he needs the uh, um, Cochran Greenlee consulting team to come in and, yeah. uh, and help him with, uh, <laughs> Yeah. I his think website he needs a Spreaker up. account. I think he needs a Spreaker account so he can do some live streaming. Uh, okay, know? well that 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 hey, you'll take his money, right? His money <laughs> spends as good as anybody else's. 
<laughs> I think it's still green. It's not brown. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we're capitalists at heart. The, uh, so I, I, you know, I, I just, again, I'm going back that his brand is on his website. He controls his stack and I'm, you know, I'm, this is, it's like small victory, even though it's, I'm having to use the example of, you know, someone that is, uh, not in favor at this point and probably has uh, paid women. He's victimized millions of dollars. So mm-hmm. settling out of court. So again, you know, he's, it, Oh, Todd, I just pulled up his, uh, his free podcast RSS feed and I'm looking at it. Uh Oh, oh. Uh, interesting. Oh, um, oh, really? He, he does have a free podcast feed okay. it's called the, the Bill O'Reilly, Bill O'Reilly free podcast, Bill O'Reilly from his car <laughs> <clears throat> on the firing of FBI director James Comey. So he's, he's doing his, uh, his podcast from his car. Well, the free um, one, anyway. The free one, and guess where it's hosted? Uh, you're gonna. I, I bet you. I, uh, where's it hosted? <laughs> uh, Knox Solutions. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is no. too funny. That's, Those of you that are listening probably have no. It's yeah, an inside joke. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! Yeah. Is he is he over there at that huh. company? Is he is his show listed on that website? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I'm, Todd, I think we've completely <laughs> lost our audience at this point. So we should probably bring him up to bring him up to speed. Oh, okay. I'll let you do the honors. Oh man, it's too funny. Okay, Knox Solutions is the technology backend provider for uh, Podcast One. And Rob, um, that's a very robust technology solution, too, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I know I had to work on it for a year. So, um, yeah, it's anyway. I'm not going to slander anybody, but uh, but it's it, it's not a it's not a great platform. Let's you you can way. say, in your opinion, that's right. And in, yeah. in, in my opinion, it's a POS. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway. Oh, it's funny. Yeah. Oh, my oh, God. Well. That was a laugh of the day right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, he might be in trouble, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think he needs to uh, get on a little better platform. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's just, oh, man. That's, oh, that's just too funny. Oh, my, 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 my. (laughs) (laughs) And, and he's probably been, been working with those guys, um, because it shows a copyright. I don't know if they've been working with Knox since 2002, but I, I doubt it. That's how long he's been, he's been around doing stuff, I guess, from 2002. He was an early adopter. 15 years. Oh, my, my. That was just too, that was too funny. But. but he does have a free podcast, and he did uh, his last episode was uh, came out on um, looks like the ninth of May. Huh. So, so he's probably doing just a weekly weekly. It, it looks like maybe it's maybe a five minute show or something like that. Right, right, right. Oh man! Well, we've it's covered not- a lot of ground today. We're already an hour forty or so in, or hour yeah, fifty we are. in. 
and we, we belong but anything else did did we miss anything audience those of you that are hanging with us here did we miss anything I'm sure today we did, Todd. I'm oh not sure my god we, did. we missed a lot yeah but yeah. um and there's a whole bunch of stuff here there's been a lot of studies come out jacob's put something out uh you know in ref- and and i didn't even hear not a whisper of the event that happened in la the radio conference i heard nary a whisper on social there media anybody, about that there, there, there weren't any podcasters there so at that conference right? yeah i know seth was there but i yeah i have no idea what what they did at the worldwide radio summit yeah and uh yeah. they did say that the preferred podcast listening device is a smartphone by 51 percent, desktop laptop by 30 percent uh, i don't know who they got these results from in tech survey 13 for podcasting consumption. So they must have done this on their own. I don't know who they got this data from, but desktop, laptop, 30%, tablet, 11, in home audio system, 3%, in car audio system, 6%. Uh, in car being your Bluetooth on your mobile phone? Hmm. I don't know about that number, but anyway. Yeah. Let's hear what else. I think that was it. That's probably enough for this week. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think we're good. But uh, everyone, thanks for being here. Thanks for uh, putting up with us being gone. Uh, Rob, just from a programming note, uh, it does look like I'm going to be on the East Coast for two weeks in June, but I definitely want to keep the show rocking, so we'll have to figure out a way to do the show when I'm traveling. I'm going to be in in, uh, Europe. starting the 11th of June. So, Oh, so that, that's one of the weeks I'm out. So, okay, we'll, okay. we'll plan accordingly, but I don't want to leave folks hanging for a month like we did this time again. So okay. part of it was my fault this time too. And then you went off to Calgary. So that just extended it a, a week. Yeah. So, yep. but everyone, thanks for being here. Uh, send your tidbits and uh, rumors and information to, uh, to us here at the show. And uh, we'd definitely love to hear from you. And thanks for allowing us to be out. I know some of you missed us. We're glad to be back. But uh, you can reach me, uh, real simple, Todd, at Blueberry.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Geek News. Rob? Uh, I can be reached uh, Rob at Rob Greenlee or Rob at Spreaker.com. So, and then I'm on Twitter at Rob Greenlee, and that's with two E's. And if we have to take up a fund to uh, have a tux made for Rob to fit him, because he is, uh, uh, you know, a very tall man, I mean, not a yes. large man, but a tall man, well, well maybe yes. we'll have to take up a donation to, you know, yeah, the extra, I need a crowdfunding campaign on this. I think. Yeah, the extra hundred bucks it costs you for that extra yard of uh, material. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right. I have to order special for that. Yeah. So uh, I am uh, headed to the gym. I am down uh, 19 pounds. So uh, that congratulations, yeah, that's that, great. Yeah, that uh, it 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 sucks. And the gym I'm going to, there's how should we how should we put it? It's not that much uh, eye candy. So it's you know it, um, I'm just there sweating by myself. But that's just that's okay. So. <laughs> You know, you don't it go to the be better, right? you don't go to the gym just to work out. You go to see the sights, right? So yeah, well, that's that's one side benefit of it, right? Yeah. yeah. All right, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for being here. We'll see you next week on the new media show. Everyone, take care. Be safe. Keep on podcasting. Take care. Bye bye. Okay. Bye.